0: Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode. I'm your host, Isaac Jamal, certified life coach and performance coach. And I have to, again, give show such a Hakarat and gratitude to everybody that has been texting and sending emails and sending us the information. And everyone's really been listening, so you know, I'm happy about the conversations that we've been having Um, I'm really excited about it, and it gives me a lot more energy to be able to come and try to serve you. The call-in number is 319-527-4160 if you want to come on live or if you have any questions at all on just about any subject or any topic. It doesn't have to be on this specifically, 319-527-4160, and We have added a new feature. People who don't want to actually get their voices live on the podcast can now text. They can text for us, 917-300, that's 300-8563. You can text any question to 917-300-8563. Tonight's subject is a subject that's very dear to me in that over the years of coaching, I find that this is the source. This is it. This is the blockade that holds everybody back from having that breakthrough, that change, that new outlook on life, that ability to take everything to the next level. And the topic of tonight is, why are you stuck? Why are you stuck? So many people get stuck. So many people get stuck in so many different areas in their lives. How many people would like to go on a diet? How many people would like to lose those last 5, 10, or 15 pounds? How many people would like to change careers or jobs? How many people would like to start their own businesses? How many people have amazing ideas that they can help their community out with, but somehow don't actually do it? They don't fulfill what the idea is, what the intent is, and they're stuck. How many people out there are single and they want to get married? How many people are married and want to get single? How many people out there procrastinate? It takes them forever to pay their bills or to move the furniture or do their laundry or whatever, but it just takes them forever. And they wait till the last minute. Or when they're getting that notice of they're going to get the electricity shut off. Or the mortgage company is calling. Or pain is starting to settle into your body. I, for a very long time, have had a fear of dentists. And until I go to a dentist for a very long time, it had to be something that was excruciating or very painful. And that will motivate me to go. Why do we get stuck? Why do we get stuck? I'm going to just give you a list of some clients. Of course, not their names. But some of the issues that they've been going through. One person's in a marriage. A man who's in a marriage... And this woman utterly loves him, but for some reason he can't remember to call her during the day. There's another young man who absolutely wants to make a million dollars a year, but can't seem to get to bed on time. All of us have different issues. A 26-year-old girl who's still single but wants to get married, what's holding her back? Maybe she hasn't met the right one. Maybe the job that the young man is in is not the right one. And those are stories that we start telling ourselves, where we now get further and further into our stuckness, so to say. So our outlook on life is, I want something. Let's take something simple as wanting to lose weight. I know the food that's going to go into my mouth is going to end up on my waistline, but somehow I eat it anyway. What is it going to take for us to take the steps for us to accomplish our goals? And there's one underlining tone here, is in any one of these areas in our lives, whichever it is for you, somehow life is just fine where it is. Has your relationships? Has your marriage? Fine. How the kids? Fine. Has your job going? Just fine. And we get comfortable with the word fine. And that becomes our new story. So it's fine. I would really like to be 15 pounds lighter. But it's just okay. I'm comfortable here. I'll get there somehow. Or, I don't know. I've been trying for so long. And I just can't seem to get them out. I just can't seem to get those pounds off. I've been looking for so long to find that job that I absolutely love. But it's just not out there. It's just a difficult economy. It's hard to land a good job. It's hard to find someone that I can share with. Met a young lady today. And she was telling me how it's very difficult because all men aren't connected with their feelings. All men are not connected with their feelings. So I asked her, is it all men? She said, yeah, all men. I said, is that true? Is it possible that the men you're with or the fact that you're still in the relationship, what's holding you back, what's holding you there, is this story that starts to repeat in your head. And over time, we all become convinced of the stories that we tell ourselves and why we can't have it. A sentence might start with, well, the problem is, or the issue is, and then the list starts to come out. It's not the right time. It'll cost too much. It'll take too long. It's not going to work anyway. Or why should I have the conversation? I know what he or she is going to say anyway, and I I don't want to deal with that. On and on it goes. And where do your dreams, your goals, your aspirations go? They get pushed to the side. Or your mind starts to take over and you start analyzing, is it really what I want? I do want to lose weight, but that cheesecake looks really nice. You know, I'll diet tomorrow, I'll drink, I'll drink all the water tomorrow, I'll exercise tomorrow, but today I'm going to have that cheesecake. And we're stuck. We're utterly stuck in the same old routine. And deeper it goes. Now it's uh, it's impossible to lose the weight. You know, I've gotten to an age already where you know it, it just my metabolism slowed down. I'm big boned. And the excuses start to really fester, and they start to really stick. And that story becomes true. And things start to become impossible. And when things start to become impossible, you start to become closed off to any opportunity, any chance, any will to accomplish whatever it is that you want. And we get stuck in this routine. We get stuck in it every day. Some of us Men want to learn, or we want to go pray in a minyan, and we say tomorrow. Or we want to wake up early, but we stay up late. So oh, it's impossible. This can't be done. I was in an office yesterday um, where people have to make these like telemarketing calls, and the average call per day should be around 300. A lot of you are familiar with some of these, uh, you know, businesses where you're calling people all day, 300 is about the number where you might get a handful of people that might be real customers so that you can make some money. And the first thing one of these employees said at the, at the business was, well, I asked him and I said, uh, well, how many phone calls are you making a day? And he says, well, I'm making uh, just about 125. I said, 125, uh-huh. And uh, how many leads are you getting? Just two or three. And how many do you need? He says, well, I need like 10 a day. I said, well, if the math adds up and you did more phone calls, don't you think that you would have more leads? And he said, yeah, the math sounds about right, but it's not humanly possible for someone to make 300 phone calls. The story, the belief, the rooted belief of it's impossible starts to settle. I want to tell you a story. It's an amazing story. When something goes from unbelievable to believable or impossible to possible. In 1954, there was a gentleman by the name of Roger Bannister. And up until that point, in the running field, there had never been anything less than a four-minute mile. It was something that was said to be absolutely impossible. But Roger persisted. In his mind, it didn't logically make sense that this would be impossible. That's because the men before came in at 4.01. That's four minutes and one second. Four minutes and three seconds. So why wouldn't it be possible to break the four-minute mark? And on May 6, 1954, Roger ran a race, and he came in under four minutes. It was actually three minutes, 59.4 seconds, and the record was broken. And it's an amazing thing that after Roger had broken, it, people behind him now saw that it was possible. And if you can actually Google it. You can see that this record has been broken a numerous amount of times. Or think about it yourselves. How many times have you seen uh, an Olympics or some type of sport uh, on a global level, a competition on a global level, where you don't see someone breaking a record? Now, why is that so? Because once our minds start to tell us that it's possible, it becomes believable. And as long as in my mind something is impossible, then I'm completely closed off to the possibility of actually achieving it. Let me tell you, impossible is an opinion. Because somehow, man made it to the moon. Somehow, Man has created a technology that we carry around on a day-to-day basis. And I'm able to text or video conference my partners in Israel or anywhere overseas to be able to have conference. Now, if you spoke to generations before, they would tell you that's impossible. They would also told you it was impossible that you'd end up paying for water. But there's so many advancements because people create people create in their minds and they have breakthroughs to start believing what they never believed before and in each one of us we have a limit of belief and those limited beliefs, those things that hold us back, I'm not as good as he is she's such a better mother than I am he's so much better with people that we stunt our own growth. Because if we wanted to have a breakthrough, there's some easy steps to take. Now, I'm going to reference you back to, I think it was episode two where we talked about breakthroughs. But there are some some steps there for you to be able to have a breakthrough. But I want to talk about something a little bit different here and this might pertain to your businesses, this might pertain to your own personal, when it comes to dealing with anything in life, it's always 20% skill and 80% psychology. Now, what do I mean by that? That means that if I wanted to learn something, say I wanted to learn how to, type without looking. I'm just throwing something out there. I want to become a, you know, someone who's quick on the typewriter. I'm sure that if you Googled it, all the information would be there. There'd be a course, there'd be a class, probably a free download for me to be able to do that. That would be the skill. But what if my psychology held me back? And I said to myself, I don't know if I can get my fingers coordinated properly. I, I, I don't know if I can do that that well. i got to sit there in front of the computer, and the story starts to build. So I always say that it's always 20% skill and 80% psychology. Now, in your businesses, for all the business owners out there, men and ladies, 20% skill, 80% psychology means that the leaders of the businesses the employers, the managers, the leaders. Your psychology trickles down to the people beneath you. If you have fears, they have fears. If you have resilience, they have resilience. If you have drive, you can teach them drive. Your psychology becomes the driving force. The information is all in front of you. Look at the world today. Every day the world advances. The technology is unbelievable. We live in probably the most blessed and amazing moment in time. There's such an abundance of information and an abundance of wealth out there. If we wanted to, like you said, we could just get online and we could just do it. So, what's holding us back? What's holding you back? Why are you stuck? Because if somebody wanted to learn about their weight and how to lose it, how much information is out there? How many trainers are out there? How many nutritionists are out there? How many coaches in the health field are out there? You actually have to work really hard not to figure out how to stay healthy today. Strategies, we all have them. That's the number one question we ask ourselves. Okay, I want to lose weight. How do I do it? That's a skill. And the information's out there. But the psychology, my mind, my mind, getting that to come along, that's where the work is. That's where we have to learn how to get ourselves unstuck. Have you ever heard this from people? Well, you know, how's it going to work? I don't know, I'm having such a difficult time. Really? Well, what are you doing? He said, I've tried everything. Have you? Because if you've tried everything, then you would be successful. If you've tried everything, then you would be able to lose the weight. You'd find the partner you're looking for. You'd be able to make the money and the abundance that you're looking for. So we tell ourselves these stories and these stories start to resonate in our heads. You know, I've always thought that it takes a lot for someone to really peel those layers away. But it's a matter of how badly we want it. How committed are we to the outcome? What's our purpose? How badly do we want to get unstuck? And as long as we go back to that word, I'm feeling fine, I'm just fine, We're going to get stuck. We're going to stay exactly where we are. I want to throw that number out there. Let's start with the text number. The text message number, if you have any questions or texts, 917-300-8563, 917-300-8563. The call-in or live number is 319-527-4160. I hope I'm not confusing everybody with the live and the text, but the live call-in number is 319-527-4160. And we're talking about being stuck, and why are you stuck? Now, there's two art, two stages, or two skills that needs to be learned to start the process of getting unstuck. One is called the science of achievement. The science of achievement, because if somebody wanted to achieve, somebody wanted to excel, somebody wanted to be successful, there's a a science to it. You can want to open up a company, uh, let's just say a telecommunications company, and You can go out there, do research, find the best telecommunications company, and it's taken them 20 years of research, development, and a lot of money to be able to become successful. And here you come along, and you can learn everything they've done. You can model it. And 9 out of 10 times, if you're committed and you do it, you will become successful. So there's a science to it. There's a science to our bodies. Now, we're all not exactly alike, our biochemical... Uh, differences in, in our bodies, and there's some differences, males, females, but generally there's a science to our body. And if you wanted to be successful in keeping yourself healthy and fit, there's a science to it. There's a way for us to be able to achieve. And I think there's a beautiful source, and I want to bring in a, a, a nice source from our Torah. And I heard Rabbi David Foreman give this over, and and I've used it in the coaching because it makes so much sense. If we want something, we can manifest it. Now, this word manifest, people think that it's positive thinking, that if I keep on saying something over and over again, that it's going to happen. Well, manifesting something takes a few steps. And the Dvatura Torah that I heard from Rabbi David Foreman is right at the beginning, Adam and Eve, and they have been created. And now they're given a commandment. Be fruitful and multiply. Peru urbu. Umlu et ha'aretz v'kipshuha. Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the land, and capture it. Now, we are human beings, co-creators. How so? Well, there's two ways a person can create. One can create another human being. That takes a couple of people to hopefully consent on having another human being. That's to do That's be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. But then there's this commandment of vikipshuha, which means to conquer it to capture it or dominate it. How does one do that? If someone wanted to plow the land, if someone wanted to trap an animal, how would one do that? So the creativity or the sense of achievement starts with a thought. Say there's a deer that I want to trap. Well, there's many ways I can trap it. I can create maybe a box or so, I can, you know, decide with a bow and arrow. I can use some rope. I can make a net. But those thoughts start in our head. They start as ideas. And those ideas now have to be created. And the resources for those creations of whatever we find on the earth. So we have to use the resources or become resourceful with the resources that we have. And now we have to develop, and through trial and error, come up with the proper trap and bring it into the physical world. Now, another idea for this, or in the modern day concept or idea, this is called technology. Except back then it might have been the wheel, or the hoe, or the plow, And today, it might be AI, artificial intelligence, or what we see happening on the superhighway. But for me to be able to manifest something, it takes a few steps. It's an idea. I want to create it. I need to have the will to be able to create it. I have to take action I actually have to do it, create it, physically. And then there's one final step that comes in there, which is Hashem. For it to actually be okay as the co-creator in this world. We're now co-creators. But the science of achievement is exactly that. It's an idea that I'm committed to or I'm hungry for. I take action, and then somehow Hashem fills the rest so that I'm a co-creator. So achievement is a science. But there's another step to success and getting unstuck. And that's a little bit more difficult because here we're not all the same. We're actually quite different. And it's called the art of fulfillment. It's an art. Fulfillment is an art because fulfillment for all of us is different. Some of us want a white picket fence. Some of us want a wonderful relationship. Some of us want to make a billion dollars. Some of us want to change the world. Some of us want to be life coaches and want to move to people. Want to help people around. Those who want it. We all have different types of fulfillments. Now, you can master the science of achievement and you can actually fulfill your goals without having any fulfillment. I often say, how many people on Wall Street or in other high-tech areas where the money is abundant but they end up in rehab? They're using drugs or alcohol gambling they have achievement they've achieved their goals but they have no meaning no purpose, no fulfillment behind it and I think one of the saddest stories over the last few years and uh, if I asked everybody what did they think of Robin Williams he was a comedian you know, Mork and Mindy as I was growing up was something that we were familiar with but he had such achievements. I think he even won an Academy Award for a drama. He was a comedian. He was married. He was world-renowned. He had achieved. But he wasn't fulfilled. And long then he ended up hanging himself and committing suicide. So, what does it take? So it takes a lot. Sounds like I was going So it takes a lot. It takes a lot for us to get unstuck. But if we focused on the 80% that was psychology, if we focused on that end, and we started to divorce the story and marry the truth if I stop telling those, myself those stories that hold me back, if I stop telling myself that it's impossible and make it possible, can you be the one that runs the four-minute mile? Can you break that record? What's it going to take for you? Sorry about that, everyone. What's it going to take for you to get your psychology right? So that's why you're stuck. You're stuck because you're either blaming yourself, you're blaming your circumstances, you're blaming God. How many people blame God for them not achieving or not succeeding? How many people superimpose their feelings on high and say that he didn't give it to me. Driving, down the, driving to an interview, possibly, and you get a flat tire, and you're late, and you miss your appointment. How can you do this to me, God? And things become a lot worse. People blame God for a lot of things. And people put themselves into a state of suffering. People put themselves in a state of suffering. I'm not just talking about pain, because pain is tolerable. And I don't think you can live life without pain. But you can live a life without suffering. You can live a life that's not stuck in the same routine. Sacrificing day in and day out. Supposedly for the greater good for the bigger cause, sacrificing your own fulfillment. Achieving, possibly, but no fulfillment, which is just as stuck as not achieving at all, or, I believe, even a worse failure. And what does suffering do to us? Puts us in terrible state. State, I mean emotional state. It puts us in Anxiety. It puts us under stress. It puts us under frustration. It makes us angry. And how many people today are on antidepressants? The pharmaceutical companies, I heard, are three times the size of the lobby of gas and oil depressants downers anxiety medication I know a tremendous amount of people that as soon as they go to see a doctor and they tell them they're depressed before they even meet them they start putting them on antidepressants there are medications already what's depression I'm gonna define depression for you tonight it's not as complicated as everybody thinks depression means I'm focused only on myself only on myself. I'm not upset that the kids are not successful. I fail the kids. I'm not really angry with my wife. I don't feel like I'm a success, and that makes me feel like a failure. Focused on yourself and what you don't have. Yes. What you don't have. We are masters at focusing on what we don't have. We take for granted what we do have, and we don't appreciate what we do. And this sense of expectation, expectation is the mother of disappointment. Expecting something from someone, expecting something from God, expecting something from your spouse, Expecting something from your boss. Expecting something from the market. And that doesn't happen. We want a sense of control. And if we lose that control for us, we feel like we're dying inside. Depression is you focused on yourself and what you don't have. So very simple if we reverse those th- those things, then we'll get fulfillment. If I'm not focused on myself and I'm focused on others, I'm focused on the bigger picture. How many people have actually contributed a time or some chesed or somewhere along the way and have felt terrible about it? You don't. Why? Because you're not focused on yourself. You're focused on the needs of the other. And how many people do you know that are genuinely grateful, that work on gratitude, on thank yous, that feel like they're missing? So so many times have I had people come in complaining about, I need more money, my wife doesn't treat me well, my husband doesn't spend any time with me, my boss doesn't appreciate me. He often, sorry about that. My boss doesn't appreciate me, and we're focused on what we're not getting. But how many people that are actually thankful? How many people that are actually have this true gratitude and work on it are so fulfilled? So to get unstuck. Oh, I was saying. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm in the house and the baby cried and I was started for a little while I thought they, they might need me. So I apologize about that. But so many times people come into the office and they're complaining. And the first thing that I suggest to them is start a gratitude journal. You're not missing a thing. Just stop for a moment and inhale. Ah. Oh. And exhale. Do you know how much abundance of air there is? An abundance of water? Thank God most of us have shelter and a roof over our heads, no matter how small or large the room might be. Once we start counting our blessings, once we start realizing That just possibly, our problems, our issues, our gifts, that life is created for us, not done to us. Life is created for us. And for us to know our possibilities, for us to be able to reach our potential, for us to be able to strengthen ourselves, we need resistance. How many people go to the gym? How do you make a muscle? You take this piece of iron or some type of weight and you lift it over and over again until the muscle is in excruciating pain. It might even hurt for a couple of days. But then you go back. Why? Because you're building resistance in the muscle. It's the only way it can grow. If we're going to sit on the couch eating a bag of potato chips and saying, I'll start my diet tomorrow, it's never going to happen. And let me give you another secret. You're never going to feel like you're in the mood. You're not going to feel like you want to lose weight. You're not going to feel like you're dying to wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, just go to work. Yes, we'd rather be on the beach. Yes, I'd rather have my Haagen-Dazs or whatever it is that you like or your pizza or your chocolate or whatever it might be, fried foods. You're never going to be in the mood, but if we want to succeed, we have to change our state and change our emotional state from anxiety, depression, anger, stress, to beautiful states. Yeah, beautiful states. And you don't always have to be this chipper person. That's not realistic. That's not life. But you don't have to just be in a happy state. You could be, like we said, in a grateful state. You could be in a hopeful state. How many people do you know that are just generous? How about just people that are fun and playful? Those are beautiful states. That's the way you live your life. And yes, everyone has difficulties. I for sure have. I can, and we're working on it. My life story has been a coaster rides of very high highs and very low lows. But I wake up every morning and I decide, I make the decision of I'm going to live in a happy state. And sometimes I got tough days, but I push myself, I work on myself to get back to that middle, to get to that middle ground, to get comfortable in my happy state because I don't want to suffer. I want to live with the art of fulfillment. I want to master the art of fulfillment because no matter what happens in my life, whether I have money or not, and sometimes, God forbid, if we have health or not, or if we have children or not, all those difficult things, I can still be in a happy state. We have that ability as human beings. God has blessed us with so much. Do we count our blessings? Or do we put ourselves in a state of suffering? The state of depression or anxiety? Life is created for us. It's not done to us. And we're guided. Every day. Because there's so much more potential inside of us. There's so much, so much more we can give. Focus on giving to others. It's such an important lesson. The call of duty, the call of service to your family, to your friends, to your community, to our nation at large, to the world. So much needs to be done. Do we have time to be stuck? I developed a program called From Stuck to Unleashed. Because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is such a dear, this has such a place in my heart because this shift of perspective this divorcing the story and marrying the truth, taking responsibility of my life that I can do anything that I want, it pains me to see so many people stuck when they don't have to be, in pain when they don't have to be. It's a shame. The information is out there, but our psychology isn't. And we've got to get our psychology there. And I implore anybody that is feeling this way, they're feeling stuck in any area, reach out, text me, touch the radio station, find me on social media. I'm out there. My numbers are in the magazines. You can go on the website. There's so many ways you can find me. Developed a program specifically for this specifically to get you unstuck. And this is not coming from the secular world. This is somebody who understands our communities. I understand you. I am you. And if you want to shift, if you want to grow, if you want to live a life mastering the art of fulfillment, call us. I implore you. I enjoy giving this podcast every week, and I'm so grateful to all of you for listening week to week and giving me your comments, although I don't think that we've had the courage yet to call or get online or to text even this evening. We're giving you text opportunities here. I do I am very grateful. Continue to listen. Continue to believe in yourself. You're amazing each and every single one of you that are created. You've been created for a purpose. You're special. Super special. And I enjoy getting to know each one, each one of you individually and as a group and as a whole. If there's anything that I can do to help, please reach out. I'm here to serve you. I thank you for tuning in tonight and we will be here next week. Thank you and good night.